Welcome to the LIPN Podcast, brought to you by the members of the Long Island Professional Network, where business professionals come to grow. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Meryl Loeschner, and I am the Principal Marcom Consultant and Podcast Producer for Smith Douglas Associates. As a member of the Long Island Professional Network, I was intrigued with some of the stories shared by the other members of our group. Every Wednesday, someone would tell us about one of their challenges, or one of their victories, or simply just share what they did and why they loved it. It was stories like these that made me realize that the LIPN was a perfect source for some great small business advice and would make a fantastic podcast. This episode is an interview with the two founders of the Long Island Professional Network, Kevin Seinfeld of Residential Mortgage Services, Inc., and Linda Leone of Realty Connect USA. Let's find out why they started the group and what makes it special. Thank you for joining us with the LIPN podcast. I'm here today with Kevin Seinfeld and Linda Leone, founders of the LIPN. When did you learn that networking was an important part of growing a business? I actually learned that from Kevin Seinfeld, surprisingly. Kevin had been uh, members, and he'll go into detail and tell you, he had been a member of, uh, I think, two networking groups prior to us joining a group together in Valley Stream. I found out that uh, he has gained some business and gained a fellowship with other members. It was an asset to your own business, surrounding yourself with other professionals that could help you solve other problems that, you, that arise in your own business. Kevin. I got into networking about 15 years ago. Uh, I was in a small startup group with only three people out of the Landmark Diner in Port Washington, where I live. And it wasn't really going very far, but we met once a week. We just talked about, about our businesses and it brought up ideas on how to help each other grow their business. And then that group grew to another group where we had about 15 people. But we never could get the group higher than 15 people. It would go from 10 to 15, maybe down to 8, up to 16. And then I told Linda about it, and we proceeded to join a group in Valley Stream, where the group was up to 25 people. My take always on networking is real simple. It's I'm a morning person. You meet early in the morning, and it's like having an appointment. And I go to every meeting with the anticipation of being able to give a referral or receive a referral, just like you go to a meeting instead of an appointment with a client. How have you found networking beneficial to your company? How has it given you better business? How has it educated you and what other people are doing with their businesses? Well, in my business, I deal with all people of all types of businesses because you don't just have a certain type of person that buys a home. Anyone will buy a home. Everyone will buy a home from a young couple out of, or a young person in out of college to a young couple just married to a senior that is downsizing from their house and who knows what professions they are in. So that's always opened the door for me to learn about what other people do in order to refer them out to members of the group or other people that I work with. Linda, how has networking increased your real estate business? It increased my business um, being surrounded by other professionals that give me advice. A case in point, 
it, this didn't increase my business, but I had a situation where there was a flood insurance policy on a waterfront home and the person was reluctant to buy the property because they did not think the policy was transferable. Now, it was my understanding that they all are, but of course, I am not a insurance expert. So I picked up the phone yesterday and called the insurance expert in our group and he explained the whole process to me and as I was able to uh, solidify the deal because he gave me the answer that I needed. How has it helped my business grow? I think everybody knows somebody who is interested in buying a home or selling a home one day. And I've received some very, you know, valuable referrals uh, with the group. And my greatest pleasure is helping people that I know. What are some of the challenges you found in your early days of networking that made you decide, let's start our own group? Well, starting our own group, that's interesting. But we weren't happy with the way we the group was being run. The group that we used to mm -hmm. be in, in Valley Stream, the gentleman that ran it geared the whole group around him and his business. Uh, I've been a big believer in you got to give to get. I think more about giving a referral than getting a referral. If you, if you worry about giving business, the business will come to you. He didn't feel that way. I was his vice president up to a certain point. I stepped away which led me to just stepping away from the group, where then me and Linda joined another organization. The group started to grow, and we just realized that we were paying someone else to do what we were doing. And we just decided we didn't need to pay someone else. And with uh, about eight members left in that group, me and Linda took it upon ourselves to sort of gear ourselves in a different direction and start our own group. And we're now up to almost 25 members. There are a lot of networking groups on Long Island what do you think makes LIPN different from the others? The big thing is we're not a cash cow. We're not out there collecting $1,000 a year just to be part of the group. It's not about money, and a lot of these other groups are about money. I think that this group is about cultivating relationships, getting to know people. When we do our one-on-ones, I don't just do a one-on-one -on -one to talk about what you can give me or what I can give you, I learn about the person. Because it's not just the business that you can give someone, it's the people that they know. What is a one-on-one? -on -one? A one-on-one -on -one is simply you sit down with one person in your group, uh, maybe for lunch or coffee or in, in an office like we're sitting now, and just talk about what you do, the, pe the people that you know, and how you can refer business to each other or get to know them. And you get to know them is really the most important thing because when you're gonna refer someone business, you want, I wanna be able to refer myself first if possible. Can I just interject a little bit what makes LIPN a little different from other groups? We do feel that when, you, when you're a member or you belong to something, there has to be some commitment. And it's not because it's monetary, but we charge a small membership fee of $200 a year. That money doesn't go to the members. We are a philanthropic group. We've started charities. We've given to baseball organizations. We've uh, given to um, Christmas donations for food, Thanksgiving donations for food. Uh, two girls that could not afford to join a bowling league, we sponsored them to become uh, members of that league because they wanted to bowl and they they could not afford that. Uh, what were the, some of the other things that we did? We did um, a relay, a relay race for, uh, not a race, a, a, a 5K. 5K. A 5K. For cancer, a cancer walk. For the JCC and Roslyn. Right. So we tried to give back somehow. And we're always looking for avenues to be able to give back. How do you find new members? How, how do people learn more about the LIPN? Where, where do most of your new members come from? Well, we see professional people 
on a daily basis. And I think we try to make a relationship with someone and see if they're a great fit for the group to see if that profession is not covered. And we'll invite members privately. But we have a great website, meetup.com, and we've gained many members from meetup.com. It wound up being a, a great source. Also, we have done membership drives where we've had the group, the members of the group invite guests where we've brought in about 10 to 15 new potential members to meeting. We do these meetings twice a year and we probably gain about two to three members per membership drive that we have. So membership is exclusive to one member of each particular niche in various markets. How does that work to the benefit of the group? We keep it like, for instance, I'm in the I'm in the mortgage industry. So if I am the only mortgage professional in in the group, the business will then be referred to you. You don't have multiple people there because it's about expanding profession in each profession, not by volume of people per group. So it's not to have five realtors in in the group. It's to expand to mortgages, real estate attorneys. It's it's almost creating also power groups. That's but, also but, the the, uh, the benefit of that. But at the same time, like we talk about having only one mortgage professional mm-hmm. or one realtor, that's not the case. Like I handle residential mortgages. I handle single to four family homes. We have a member in the group that handles everything beyond that. I can do that, but that's not what I specialize in. Just like Linda is a residential realtor, but she can do commercial, but doesn't specialize in it. So therefore the group would be opened as we are now to having a commercial realtor. How does the typical meeting work? If someone came in to check out the meeting, how does a regular weekly meeting work? They start out, everyone arrives at 7 a.m. and they mingle for maybe 15, 20 minutes before we sit down and we start the group where our president will discuss her agenda, whatever it may be that she has on her schedule to discuss with the group. It will lead into a treasurer's report philanthropy report, as well as an educational tip that usually lasts for about 15, 20 minutes. Then we'll go around the room and we'll do what we call an elevator speech, a 30 second pitch on what you do. And what that is, is if you essentially walk into an elevator and there's someone else there, you're only given a certain amount of time before the door opens. Right. So the logic behind that is you have 30 seconds to tell that person what you did, maybe make yourself different from someone else that will let them remember what you do. That's why we also have taglines. Everyone should have a tagline so that at the end, like Linda's tagline is selling houses and creating homes. Everyone remembers that because she says it all the time. And that will keep her in your mind and remind you of her when you're thinking of possibly someone buying a home. Since you've started, what's changed with the group? What, how has the group evolved? Well, we've grown to a, a valuable amount of people. I think the people that are in there, we've done a great job in recruiting. And I think everybody that is in the group is very committed. We have lost people this year, but for various reasons. It is a big commitment to come at 7 o'clock every morning on Wednesday morning, but um, it, it has evolved to a, a very a committed group. We we were always committed. It's funny I should say that because even when we were at eight people, it was eight committed people. It was just always just getting through that hurdle. Some people don't like to walk in. It's very strange when we started, when you're sitting there at breakfast with three people and you said we're part of a group. It's hard to get those first group of people to come in because when people come in, they want to be wowed. 
I feel that. We had a guest last week that said, I came during visitors day and there was a lot of people here, but I just wanted to come during a regular session to see how the group works and to see what group of people there. I think as people came, the people we got were very committed because it grew one person at a time. It went from eight to nine to 10 to 11. And then as, as it got bigger, and I think it's growing more rapidly now because the bigger you are, the more people want to be part of. One thing we don't want is we're not looking to be a group of 40 or 50 people. Some of the larger organizations encourage that. Why? Because when each member is paying $1,000, the more people in the group, the more money they make. I want to see this grow from within. You know, having a group of 50 people, if you're not giving referrals, is just a waste of time. But having a group of 20 to 25 people that are referring business to each other on a regular basis is what I'm looking for. I think, and it'd be nice if you had a group of 50 people mm -hmm. that did that, but I think we need to, it's almost like the theory of one step, uh, two steps back for one step forward, right? It's the same thing. We grow to 18, we drop down to 15. We grow to 20, we drop down to 17. We finally get over that hurdle of 20 people. We haven't been under 20 people in about a year. Speaking of that, how do you see this organization growing within the next five years? What do you see changing? What do you see growing? What do you see different one thing we're definitely has changed over ever since we've started collecting a membership fee, we're finding ourselves doing more things for the community to, to give ourselves exposure as well. Like we said before, the 5K that we did sponsoring the community uh, Little League team, which we have a, a sign on one of the dugouts explaining what the group is. We have our name on their jerseys. We're going to continue to do that. And it's nice. And we're looking to do more things. You know, we only collect $200 a person from the group. So we have a lot of money that we could spend and donate to do things for the community. And not just the community where the group is located, really anywhere on Long Island. We have a membership chair people are in charge of the charities. And uh, he goes outside and looks for places where we could donate our time and or and or our money. Like I said, it's more about we're trying to give back. And it's not just the group. We like to involve our families. Mm -hmm. um, some of us have young children. Some of us have children that have children, and we want to get them involved. Uh, when we did the, the recent JCC walk, we probably had half our members show up, but our group was probably three times that amount if you included the kids and the strollers, strollers <laughs> and the, the significant others, husbands, wives, and such. For someone who is just starting out in their own business and has never really been to a networking event before, what's some advice for someone who is just starting out? You have to give it time. You have to build the relationships <laughs> just like in anything. Um, you can't just show up to a meeting and wonder, when am I getting my next referral? I think that's the worst attitude someone could have. I always tell people, show up and try to learn how you can give referrals. Exactly. If you give referrals, you'll get referrals. It, it's it's a simple formula. I think what we're also trying and what we're working on right now, we do various drills to try to listen to what other people's needs are. There's some professions that the referral isn't as easy to give. And that's what we're working on right now. We know there are members in the group that don't receive as many referrals. And I believe it's because we're not knowledgeable enough on how to do it. So that's what we're trying to create right now, trying to create an atmosphere where we understand what some other people's needs are. Again, for people who are just starting their own businesses and they're afraid, well, I've just started. I can't give you referrals. How can I be a part of your an active and vibrant part of you. That's not true. Anyone could give a referral. Mm -hmm. um, if you, To me, when someone says, what's the best member for your group? 
someone that deals that speaks to people on a regular basis. It doesn't make a difference what you do. If you own a restaurant, if you cut hair, if you sell mortgages, if you sell insurance, if you're dealing with people on a regular basis. I don't go after clients that are policemen or teachers or pharmaceutical sales or doctors. My, my client is someone buying a home. Everyone buys homes. Everyone sells homes. No one could say they can't give referrals if you're talking to people on a regular basis. You just need to keep your eyes and ears open and you need to be thinking about the people that are in the group and the referrals will come that you'll be able to give out. You were talking about the one-on-ones before. Is that a way that the group learns the best referrals for each individual member? Yes or no, I would say. I think it helps. I think also one-on-one you get to personally know somebody, but there are different professions that we're not quite knowledgeable enough about how we can refer them business. And I think that's what we're going to work on, you know, actually going through our referral list because we track the referrals. And so we just want to know who's getting referrals, who's not getting referrals, not to criticize anybody, but so that the group in total can learn how to give the proper referral. We have a shared drive that we show our attendance, our referrals, and the roster of the group on. Uh, In a previous group, me and Linda were in, we had a gentleman in the group that received like 15 referrals one quarter. And the president of the group posted it, handed it out to everyone. Well, next to the 15 referrals, it says how many referrals you gave. He gave zero. He never showed back up to a meeting after that. Our purpose is not to embarrass someone. But at the same time, if you're getting 15 referrals, you should be finding a way to give something back. And I think now, if you look at our roster, you would see if you gave, I gave Linda seven referrals, she probably has received roughly the same thing, give or take a little bit. Um, That's one good thing about a group now, too, is we don't have anyone that's selfish. Everyone there gives to get, and that's the attitude that we're looking for in the group. Also, when we talk about doing one-on-ones, we do have requirements. We require that everyone on every given week gives a one-on-one or a referral. Now, some people will say they'll scare them off. I can't give a referral every week, but I don't care what profession you're in. You can do a one-on-one. All the one-on-one. Everyone has lunch every day. Everyone has breakfast. You can invite people to your office. Some professions, it makes sense. You know, if you want to go, if if I wanted to have a one-on-one with Linda, I might suggest, let me go to her office. Because by going to her office, I'm going to meet other agents in her office. So not only do you have the opportunity to sit down and, and talk to Linda, you might meet two or three other agents in the office. Going back the structure of the meeting, you mentioned there was a talk every week. Does that mean there is a rotating cast of uh, presentations every yes, week? Yes, there is a rotate. We do rotate the schedule where everyone gets a chance to speak for uh, 15 to 20 minutes, usually at the end of the meeting, because a lot of these sessions develop a lot of questions and it becomes a sort of a Q&A. But one thing we do do when you get to the meetings is that we encourage everyone to stand, not to sit down. When a new member comes into the room, it's much more of a welcoming atmosphere if you're standing up as opposed to when you're sitting down. I sort of have a pet peeve of my own that when people sit down, that they sit in a different seat each week because it's sort of like when you get to when you get to the, the diner and the person sits down in chair one, the next person sits in chair two, it's sort of like they're connected. Everyone sits in the same seat because they're used to staring at someone a certain way. So if that first person sits maybe on the other side of the table, the next person will sit in a different location, which allows you 
to sit next to different people, which as we talk about having one-on-ones, you also have the time to talk to them and maybe sitting next to them, hearing something that they do will trigger a referral that you can give to someone. I think as we're growing also, uh, we just developed bylaws. I think it's important to have structure. Any organization has structure. When you work, the office that you work in has rules. There's protocol to follow everywhere in life. So we now just established a group of bylaws. We just worked on them that we're going to have an attendance protocol. When we talk about attendance protocol, we don't want anyone to feel you have to come. We want you to come. You, you should want to be there. You should want to get up in the morning and look at this as an opportunity to be in a room with 20 to 25 other people that possibly could refer business to you. We require that you are not absent more than three times in a quarter, you know, the four quarters in the year. So it's about once a month. If you are absent more, we don't kick you out of the group. We don't fine you. We just have you sit down with our membership chair and let us understand why you weren't able to attend because it's not fair to the rest of the group that is there all the time. It's very important. Attendance is important because people prepare for their presentations. And that's when you have a presentation, that's your opportunity to showcase to the group what you have to offer. I think it also evaluates your commitment. There's some people that um, come to the group on a regular basis and life does happen. Things get in the way, vacations, sicknesses, children, whatever, other family members. So I think that's why we're doing the bylaws. As we're growing, you say how we see the group growing, we want to really become a very professional organization, which we always have been, but we really just want to set the record and kind of have a protocol for the group. Other groups allow you to have the occasional substitute if you can't make a meeting. Is this something that you allow? Yes. 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 We have certain members. We have one member that works for a local uh, credit union, and he has he's a branch manager, and he has a sales meeting once a month, so he obviously could not make it. He sends someone. That person is now sort of, how could I say, we've sort of adopted him as a member, yeah, we like even him. though they're one member, mm-hmm. you know, but he's there. You know, if you look at the attendance of this person, he's there every week. If he's not, someone else's, and we encourage that. Now, in businesses such as mine and Linda's, I might not want to send another loan officer, so I do my best to make sure that I'm there. But we do encourage that people send someone in their absence. Well, we were talking about elevator pitches before. What's the LIPN's elevator pitch? We are a group of like-minded professionals that are looking to refer business to each other. We are open to any and all types of professions that deal with people on a regular basis. By speaking with people on a regular basis, you'll always open up the opportunity to possibly refer them to other members in the group. It was a pleasure speaking with you both. Have a fantastic week, and thank you. Thank you for listening to the LIPN Podcast, brought to you by the Long Island Professional Network and produced by Smith Douglas Associates. To learn more about the LIPN, visit our website at lipn.org or join our meetup under Long Island Professional Network.